from KMOX Sports. The bases are loaded. This is the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. Swing it along with the left. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm. Because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. He hits one deep to left field. You That's a grand slam for Yadier Molina. It's a with special reports from Cardinals Camp and the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. Oh, what do you say we talk a little baseball tonight in advance of the Billikens getting after it in the NIT? We got pregame at 645, opening tip 7 o'clock tonight, and uh, all of that coming your way here on KMOX. We're just uh, now about a day, well, I mean, we're just a little less than two days uh, from the first Grapefruit League game. So the Cardinals and Astros will get after it on Friday. Adam Wainwright will start for the Cardinals, and I figure we'll just spend this time uh, between now and the Billikens game getting into some more of what's going on down in Jupiter. And let's start with, I, I, I want to say the news of the day. It's not really totally news. I mean, we, we have just a tad bit more information um, about, you know, what, what's going on with Alex Reyes, what's going on with Jack Flaherty, and, uh, we, but we don't have final words. So let's start with Reyes. What we got from, uh, from Ali Marmol today was just the revelation that uh, Reyes has now gone up to Pensacola, Florida, and that he's getting some kind of therapeutic injection into that right shoulder from Dr. James Andrews. So that, that's the stat- status of it right now. Now, we don't know too many of the details, but... Typically, when you're receiving some kind of injection, um, cortisone would seem to be the most likely. Uh, but when typically when you're doing that, you're going to get shut down for a period of time. Like you get a shot, they're going to tell you, shut it down for a week, like nothing for a week. Uh, and then you start to ramp back up after that. So it's it's not a fact. It's not a certainty, but it is a pretty strong likelihood that Alex Reyes is not going to be ready for opening day. And that's not the end of the world. I mean, if, if he's good to go by May 1st or whatever, and he can be a valuable contributor after that, wonderful. Uh, but still less than ideal because of what you've been dealing with. Now, it sounds like like Giovanni Gallegos will be in tomorrow. Uh, and Hennessy's Cabrera, as Tom Ackerman was telling us yesterday, Hennessy's is already back. So yeah, you've got more of your guys there. Most of your bullpen is pretty much intact, um, w- with the exception, obviously, of Alex Reyes. And you do have... You know, Jordan Hicks back into the mix. And I I think we all need to be cautious on Hicks and Reyes, for that matter, um, when it comes to what we want to put on them as far as expectations, uh, especially early in the year. You know, later in the year, we might have a better idea of what those expectations should be. But, you know, especially in in Hicks' case, he really hasn't pitched much at all in two years. So he's, he's obviously got a great arm. He's obviously got the ability to get hitters out at the major league level. The question really is, though, is how that works out. How how do how does that play? Like, what role does he have? You know, all of that. And they can sort that out. I know they were talking about it yesterday. The, the staff is getting together and kind of looking at, you know, how they can best put together uh, a plan for his usage. And, yeah, it's, look, it's a, it's a valid question. It's, it's uh, important to know that he can be a significant tribu- contributor. He's got great talent, but you don't really know yet what you're going to get. So that's kind of where we sit with him. Uh, and the bullpen, again, for the most part, is is intact as of today. 
um, with with Reyes being unlikely to start the season. So if you look at the pen right now, uh, obviously Gallegos is the, is going to be in tomorrow. Cabrera is already there. Obviously Helsley and TJ McFarland. I mentioned Jordan Hicks, uh, Nick Whitgren, who they they signed uh, as a free agent a couple of days ago, certainly would fit. Um, I mentioned a couple of things about him on Twitter when he signed. It's not a, it's not, it's not the kind of signing that you're going to, you know, throw a parade over, but he's a good pitcher, man. I mean, he, he had a rough year last year, but it was two things really that you need to know. One, that there were just a few bad outings that screwed up his numbers really badly. And he had a 505 ERA, but that's largely because he had like three really bad outings um, in, in 60 games. So he pitched a lot. And he's also been really good in his career at stranding base runners, and he's really good against right-handed hitters. Uh, he struggles against lefties, and that's another thing that did him in last year. Almost all of the damage done against him last year was done by left-handed pitching. Or sorry, left-handed hitters. So, you know, if you, if you find a way to use your matchups better or use matchups better, you may not have to worry about that. And as we stand today, and I'm looking at the, the depth chart, uh, at fangraphs.com, their roster resource. The last two arms in the pen right now, they have them as Drew Verhagen, who, who was just signed over, signed back from Japan. He had been pitching in the major leagues before that, but went over there, make a little more money, and obviously to kind of work on his game. And he certainly, you know, comes back with a little bit better track record than what he had than when he went over there. And then Jake Woodford is the other one that they have listed in the bullpen. Now, again, we know. All of this is up for competition right now. Um, you know, there, there's you know a bunch of other guys that could be in this mix uh, as we go forward. I know you've got uh, the the guys that are going to be starters or or at least competing as starters, like Juan Oviedo and and Angel Rondon, Matthew Libertor. And I'm not saying these guys will end up working in the bullpen. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that they give you some of the flexibility that you might need because as it is right now we have to question a spot in the rotation. And that's where I want to go next because we don't have a lot of specifics when it comes to Jack Flaherty. Uh, so Jack talked a bit about it earlier today and didn't really offer up a lot of details. Um, you know, And, and again, I, I understand why because he doesn't really know exactly what the deal is. Uh, but I, I do want to just play a couple of clips from Flaherty that kind of set up where he is. And then after that, I want to talk about, you know, kind of what that means, because if you're, if you're not, if you're not going to be ready for opening day, but you, you might be ready two or three weeks into the season. Well, that's not a tragedy. That's, you know, patchwork, a couple of starts. It's not the end of the world. If it's something that's going to require a lot of time, well, then it starts to get to be a nervous time. So here's, here's Jack Flaherty just describing what he's feeling in the shoulder going back to last year? Uh, it had been, you know, a little bit of discomfort since the end of the end of last season, but um, no, just something that, that you know we worked through, kept kept working at, kept getting you know kind of up and down. Uh, but we just came here. They just they just they wanted to get another look at it. You know, they, we haven't seen them. You know, the lockout made things you know in difficult to to have any type of communication really any communication at all so they, they just wanted to get another look at it you know I came in you know saw docs and everything so it's just their first look at me and they just want to get another look yeah and and, and again Ali Marmol mentioned earlier today too that they might know more today and we haven't heard anything new today 
but if not today, then potentially tomorrow, they could have a little bit more information on what's going on there with Jack. But I will say in both cases, there's two interesting things, both uh, the Flaherty case and the Alex Reyes case. Uh, there's some interesting elements. You know, one of them is that both of them have these problems lingering from last year. And that, that, does make me a little bit nervous. It doesn't mean that I'm, you know, running around in a panic. It doesn't mean that we have to freak out and like, all right, now you got to go spend on a starter. Well, maybe, but let's see what these things say before we all freak out about things like that. Um, but it's it's that that you know it's a little concerning that and and, and I know Flaherty didn't answer the question uh, when asked whether or not he'd been on a mound yet during the off season. Uh, Reyes did answer that, and Reyes did say that he hasn't been on a mound since since the wild card game and you know for 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 shoulder problems to be continuing on that level when uh when when you when you haven't pitched off a mound at all that that's clear that's concerning to me um and i understand you know that that shoulders are weird and and you know all that but i mean you know when you're when you go from october to march and you haven't thrown on a mound but you're still having troubles that that's a concern to me i mean by by the time we get to this point of the year not only are most pitchers fully into their spring training program but they started throwing off a mound in january you know i mean like they ramp up to get to to be ready to go in mid february and part of that is throwing off a mound and if you didn't even do that because of these issues, that's again, it's a concern. It doesn't mean it's panic time or anything like that. It's just a point of concern. The other part that these two have in common is, of course, and this is not unusual either. This is happening in other places. It's happening with, uh, for example, the Boston Red Sox and Chris Sale. But you, you know, you didn't. They these two players, and talking about Reyes and Flaherty, but Sale and Boston too. These guys, they didn't have access to the team's trainers all off season. They didn't have ch- access to the team doctors to the people that they work with who know their history, who know what they've dealt with. And, you know, I've had a lot of questions on Twitter today and and a few text messages too saying, well, wouldn't they see someone? And the answer is maybe not because they, they know the person that they're dealing with with the team. And to get a completely different set of eyeballs that doesn't have all the information that your team has is not a, not a simple thing by any stretch of the imagination. But either way, I, I do think it's it's evident that this is going to be one of the negative bits of fallout from the lockout, is that there are going to be a bunch of players. I mean, we saw it with Fernando Tatis Jr., with Chris Sale, obviously Reyes and Flaherty, coming in with injuries that might have been treatable or more treatable in the offseason, but you couldn't get with the team or the team doctors, and now you're you're pushed back into, into I was going to say mid-spring, but really... It's late spring, but it's it's early, but it's late. I mean, it's just starting, but you only got three weeks, so not a lot of time to get that stuff right. All right, coming up next, we got more baseball coming your way. I want to talk a bit more about the Cardinals' rotation candidates that are internal. I want to do a little bit more, too, on, on Major League Baseball as a whole. There have been some interesting things going on here in recent days. Uh, today, by the way, not long before the show, Chris Bryant agreed to a seven-year, $182 million contract with the Rockies. I didn't. I didn't really feel like I almost felt like he was using the Rockies for leverage. I guess I was wrong. Seven years and 182 million. And by the way, tip of my cap to the Rockies for not totally tanking. And we'll we'll tie that into what the Oakland A's have been doing 
and will continue to do to what the Reds have done and will continue to do when it comes to tearing apart their rosters. So we'll get to some more Cardinals pitching rotation stuff and a little bit more on Major League Baseball as a whole when we come back on KMOX. All right, a couple quick things here. We're doing baseball up until Billiken's basketball. Pre-game starting at 6.45, 7 o'clock opening tip. Uh, Obviously playing in the NIT. A couple quick things I wanted to get into uh, with the pitching staff as we, you know, uh, and this is just pondering the what if we don't know that, that Jack Flaherty is going to miss any time, but with the condensed spring and the fact that there's only three weeks, any setback puts opening day at risk. I mean, it just does. So not again, not something that we need to panic about yet. We'll get the, we'll get the medicals on Flaherty when, when the team passes them along which may, I don't think it's going to be tonight now, and it's already 7.30 Eastern time. But it, probably tomorrow morning when we hear from Ali Marmol, we'll get a pretty good update on what's going on with Jack. And I would assume that it's probably going to be viewed as fairly mild, something that's got to take some time. But shoulders are cranky and weird. So when you say it might be a little time, that could mean a couple of weeks. It could mean a couple of months. You just never know with shoulders. So what do you do with that rotation spot? I mean, clearly... You can go outside, right? You can bring in, bring back Jay Happ. You can talk about, you know, I saw a couple of people that are mad that they didn't go and get Zach Greinke, who signed with the Royals today. I mean, all right, but, you know, $13 million for a guy that had a 471 fielding independent ERA last year? Eh. eh. I mean, he, he's fine. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Greinke's got his strengths. He'll get you some innings. Eh, I don't want to spend thirteen million on that. I'd rather spend a couple million on Jay Happ. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to lie, man. I don't think you're going to get a whole lot different uh, from when it comes to that. But either way, whether whether it's somebody like that, I know we got a lot of people that really would love to see you know make a deal with the Oakland A's for Sean Manaya or for Frankie Montas. And look, I'm not saying don't do those things. I'm just saying don't hold your breath. <laughs> I mean. This team has a way of doing things that works for them. And, you know, when you look at what they did last year in winning 90 games and getting into the wild card, they did that with essentially one piece of the rotation that in place. The only pitcher that pitched all year was Adam Wainwright. The only one. The only starter that pitched all year was Adam Wainwright. And even if Flaherty's going to miss time, and now I say we, we got to keep an eye on Miles Michaelis. We got to keep an eye on Dakota Hudson and keep an eye on Steven Matz. I mean, everybody, every pitcher in the world is at risk of an injury knocking them out for a period of time. But if you can just keep most of the group there, you should be better than you were last year in the rotation. The bullpen should be better than it was last year. But again, I, I'd say that there are some questions about that. Not a hundred percent. I mean, it's not, it's not a negative and not, a, it's not like I think the pen's going to stink, but I mean, they got guys, they got to answer questions, but if you have to fill in for Jack, let's, let's just say for, you know, three, four, five starts, what's the current plan for that? I think the current plan would probably call for someone like Jake Woodford to get in there. I know they brought in Drew Verhagen who, who has been a starter, didn't work a lot of innings in Japan the last couple of years. It was 200 total innings over two seasons. But he would be a candidate, and, and it's going to be a competition, right? you got three weeks of spring training. The the person who qualifies as a quote-unquote starting pitcher who performs the best in that time will likely be the, would likely be the fill-in. If a fill-in is needed, 
which we don't know at this point. But I will I will say that this is just underlining what we've talked about a lot throughout the offseason. And, and look, not just us, but what Moe's talked about throughout the offseason, too, is learning the lesson from 2021 that pitching depth is never good enough. You always need more. Now, the Cardinals have numbers. That's not a problem. So, like, if you, if you have to fill a rotation spot, if Flaherty's going to miss some time, again, I'm saying if. You've got Woodford, you've got Drew Verhagen, you've got Johan Oviedo, you've got Angel Rondon, uh, you've got TJ Zoich. That's a guy that I, I, we don't know a lot about. We haven't seen a lot. Um, but, you know, he's 26 years old. He was in the Toronto organization. And, you know, he's a big guy with a relatively big arm. Now, he's not a 100-mile-an-hour guy, but he is a 6'7", 250-pound right-hander. Now, he got knocked around last year. He hasn't had a lot of success in the major league. So it's not like you could count on him to come in and be really good. But it's just, again, you've got bodies. You've got people. You know, you've got Matthew Libertor, who's not on the 40-man roster, but is one of the top left-handed pitching prospects in the game. He's number three left-handed pitcher in the sport, according to MLB.com. He's very close. You've got Aaron Brooks. Uh, and again, not not a big name, not a name that we talked a lot about when they signed him, but they brought him back from the KBO. That's the Korean baseball organization this offseason. He's 32, uh, and he's another one of those guys that 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 went to, you know, I, well, I, in this case, Korea, but either went to Korea or Japan and turned himself around and looks like a guy that, you know, if that goes, if that translates, if, if his improvements translate, could be somebody that can help you out. I mean, again, he's not a kid. He's 32, so there's no point in holding him back. Uh, in his time in Korea, these last two years in Korea, he went a combined 14 and 9. ERA was, uh, I want to say it was like 2 8, 2 9, something like that. Not a big strikeout guy. I mean, he's a he's a he's a pitch to contact kind of dude. But you have that. You, you have numbers. The numbers are not the question. The question will be about the quality because you do have five guys, maybe six, who could end up taking up a roster spot. Not I shouldn't say a roster spot, a rotation spot. But obviously, the question really is about how they fit. You know, I didn't I, when I was talking about the bullpen earlier too. I didn't mention Cody Whitley. I'd be shocked if Cody Whitley isn't in the isn't a significant player in their bullpen from the word go. I'd be pretty surprised by that. And in fact, I, I'd be surprised if he doesn't not only make the team but make the team with you know kind of a seventh inning type role, helping get to the whoever's going to close. And that's another thing we won't get to today, but maybe on Friday, uh, Ali Marmol mentioned that they may not have just a set closer. They might just play it by leverage. So if the game is on the line in the seventh inning, maybe that's where you see Gallegos and you play it by matchups. I know a lot of teams have thought that's a way to go. And maybe it is. Maybe maybe that is a smarter way to play. I mean, that's what Tampa does. Tampa does not have one dude that just closes games. Now, when Nick Anderson was healthy, he he did some of that. But they're, they're more than happy to close with any number of guys. They, have, they got five guys, four or five guys a year that are getting saves that they'll use in those spots. And maybe that's the better way to go from the word go. We shall, we'll see. But yeah, I, I think there's clearly some concern about the Cardinals um, pitching, not just depth, but, you know, the high end quality stuff, right? I mean, 
Flaherty is your most talented starter. Reyes is probably your most talented arm, period. And if they're if they're set back, and we'll find out on Flaherty, it looks that way for Reyes, it's going to be tough to make up the difference with that kind of quality because you don't have that kind of quality sitting there behind him. All right, let's take a quick look at what's going on around the big leagues coming up next. I want to touch on the Chris Bryant signing. He signed with the Rockies today, a seven-year deal. I want to talk about the Reds and A's going in the tank, even though they're coming off good years. They're going in the tank already. Ugh. So sad. But I will give the Rockies some credit for doing it. So I want to touch on a few of the big stories out there, uh, including uh, the big Japanese free agent, Seiya Suzuki, signing with the Cubs. We'll get to all that coming up next on KMOX. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. Swing it along with the left. That's a grand slam for Yadier Molina. With special reports from Cardinals Camp and the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center, this is Sports Open Line on KMOX. All right, just a few more minutes before we get you going with Billiken's basketball. A uh, 6.45 for the pregame show, taking on Northern Iowa tonight, 7 o'clock for the opening tip. Rammer and Earl Austin Jr. on the call right here on KMOX. A um, couple more quick baseball thoughts. We don't have time for a lot, but I, I did want to get into two things. Uh, well, r- maybe three. We'll get two for sure, maybe three. One was the Chris Bryant signing that came down today. I thought that was fascinating. I, I did not see him ending up with the Rockies on a seven-year deal. I thought maybe, you know, because we, we heard the Rockies were interested in him, I thought maybe, okay, he'd go there for like a one-year big paycheck kind of thing, rebuild some value, show that he's healthy, and then put up some big numbers and try to get back out there in free agency next year. But he got the deal that he was looking for. He got seven years, $182 million. He's got a place where he's going to go put up some numbers. It's not far from where his home is. He's from Las Vegas. So, you know, geographically speaking, when you look at, you know, just the general Major League Baseball, you know, the geography of Major League Baseball teams, not too far compared to other places. Um, and, you know, again, a place where you're not necessarily going to be on a winning team all the time, but it, you know, again, people like living there. People uh, like the ballpark and all that, and he'll put up some numbers. So, uh, so that, that surprised me, but in a good way, you know, I said on Twitter that it seemed weird to me, but not weird in a bad way. I mean, I'm happy that the Rockies did something that they spent some money that they gave their fans a player that can be fun to watch and that they might be able to build around a little bit. Unlike what's going on with Oakland and Cincinnati, where you've got ownership groups in those two spots that have just torn down teams that were pretty good. And to me, this guy, guys, this is what I was ranting about throughout the entire lockout. This choice where you've got a team like the Reds that won 83 games last year. And rather than boost payroll a little bit to give that team a kick in the ass. And by the way, that team would have made the playoffs last year if there were five teams in the National League in the playoffs like there will be this year. And rather than make a couple of quick moves and spending a little bit of money to, to kick that team in the butt and make them a little better, the choice is to tear it down, to trade Sonny Gray, to unload a Eugenio Suarez contract by attaching Jesse Winker to it. You had to give up an all-star player that you have under team control for several more years just to get rid of $30 million? That's what you did that for? That's sad, man. And what Oakland's doing is even worse. You know, in 2019, Oakland won 97 games. 
In 2020, the, the, the COVID-shortened year, they won the division. Last year, they won 86 games. And now they're just shredding the team. And, you know, the, the A's argument will be, well, uh, we can't afford to keep guys. We got to get something for them. While they're in. Hey, listen, how about, how about trying to win something more? How about trying to keep it together for as long as you can? And then if you have to go in the tank, you go in the tank. And this is exactly what I was talking about as being the big problem with Major League Baseball. And, you know, the funny thing is, part of the new CBA, Oakland got re-added to the revenue sharing pool when it comes to the low revenue teams. They had gradually been phased out of that in the previous CBA. They got put back into it. And what's the first thing their their multi-billionaire owner does? Sells the farm. Trades off their best players. Sad, man. Absolutely sad. And that, by the way, as a Cardinal fan, is what you should be happy that you never have to deal with. You never have to deal with the team that's going to throw it into the tank and just pocket more of your money because they can't. All right, that's going to wrap it up for Sports Open Line tonight. we got Billikens basketball coming your way in just a couple of minutes. Northern Iowa, the opponent in the NIT. Pre-game starting at 645, opening tip at 7 o'clock.